From the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, presented by a Cloud Guru, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, over our, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. The streak continues. It's Aaron. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing well. What is this? This like uh, four shows in a row now, right? What, was, so. what, what have we set the over under at? Uh, probably three. Okay, so <laughs> so for those of you that bet the over, you're uh, you're you're doing you're doing well for 2018. Um, yeah, so, so we have a, another one we wanted to kind of talk about the future in, in 2018 a little bit, but something really different. We've never done this topic before. Um, and it's a spinoff actually of, um, an appearance I did on the geek whispers podcast. And the idea here is let's talk about tech trade shows, um, necessary evil. Uh, in a, a lot of our careers, a lot of our listeners, we have to go to them sometimes whether we want to or not. And so let's talk a little bit about it. What's good? What's bad? You know, how to get the most out of them. Um, and Brian, what is your thoughts on it? Because you actually probably attend more than I do this year. Like I, I peaked a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still I still attend a bunch. And, and before we jump into that, let me throw out one thing because we, we've got two weeks left before before oh, that's uh, right. you and yep. I do the Krispy Kreme run. So uh, we've got two weeks left. Uh, we're still a little bit behind uh, of our goal. So, you know, people are still making donations and we're super appreciative of that. But, uh, you know, folks, this is, you know, this is our one opportunity to, to really, as a community, make a big impact. Um, I mean, this is a bunch of kids who unfortunately have been, you know, dealt a tough hand. They've got cancer, leukemia, they're, they're struggling with something. And, um, North Carolina children's hospital is awesome at taking care of not only them, great, great doctors and nurses and, but taking care of their family. So any little bit that you can give, um, you know, I, I know you're being asked by a lot of people to, to make donations and be generous, but, uh, you know, $5, $10, if your company does any sort of matching, we would love to, uh, to bring the biggest number possible and and represent the community that we've done for the last really five or six years. So, uh, that's our, we're making this request. Uh, you'll hear us doing this the last couple of weeks before, uh, the event is like February 2nd or 3rd or first week in February. Um, so, that's uh that's the Krispy Kreme and again top right corner of uh, the cloudcast.net uh, website is the easiest way to get there. So, yeah, so like you said, um I do I do attend still a lot of events um you know just as part of my day job. Um sometimes they're they're meetup events, sometimes they're big uh, events and I think, you know, to a certain extent there's a lot of the same playbook that goes on in events and and I think because of that we we've been kicking around a lot of ideas and we really want to use this show as a as a means, not just for Brian and Aaron to give you all the right answers to what a show should look like, but kind of use it as a conversation starter. Like, what what does the community like about events? What do they dislike about events? What what could we make them better so that when you spend your time three four days in Las Vegas or Austin or Portland or wherever you're going, um, you know, it could be better use of your time. So that that's kind of where we wanted to get started with this thing. Yeah. So let's start first of all with. Event locations. Yes. Um, and let's, let's, you know, I think you and I have been to just about every major event venue over the years um, that there is in this country. Um, <laughs> I could tell you I don't like Vegas. Um, no matter what, I don't like Vegas. But I can tell you um, I love going to Portland. Um, I love going to Austin. Um, 
I don't know. What are some of your thoughts on on venues as well as, uh, you know, the kinds of events you like? Yeah, I, I, I'm not so against Vegas as much as everybody else. I, I, I mean, so, so here's where, to me where the things boil down to. Um, the first is, you know, depending on how big your event is going to be, obviously that's going to impact, you know, the size of the venue that you need. And, and the other thing it, it really impacts is, you know, how easy is it to get there? And, and the one thing about Vegas is it's super easy to get there. It's pretty much direct from everywhere in the world. And the nice thing is the hotels are like literally right next to the airport. That's, that's kind of a bonus. Um, a lot of places are difficult. Like San Francisco is two hops and it's very expensive. And um, Austin is very cool, but the flights in and out aren't great. And so I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a big factor. I, yeah, I, I love Austin. I'm kind of a barbecue junkie. Um, I know they're starting to have some events in Nashville. At least some of like the DevOps events have been there. That's a cool town. Um, yeah, I, I, think you, I think more and more people, when they go to events, they, they want to go to a place where it's like, hey, if I stayed for an extra day, like what cool thing could I do? Um, and, and hopefully not break the bank, right? Because maybe you want to do it with a few other people. Maybe you want to go bike riding. Maybe you want to go hiking. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think you and I, having done these for a long time, we both kind of prefer the smaller venues. And, and I think part of the reason we started this show, you know, doing this specific one was we saw what happened to AWS reInvent this year. And it was in Vegas. And Vegas is a, you know, it's, a, it's a, an event town. But man, the logistics were just terrible, and and I think it got us thinking. Like, well, it, you know, is that is that the future what we're going to be dealing with? Because we know AWS is a big deal. Yeah, and and for me too, like even some of the I've been to like Oracle World out at Moscone before they did the renovations, and you know that's sixty some thousand people, and you know they shut down the street in between north and south Moscone and that's where you ate right you like and so for me I will just say this my preference is always towards the smaller shows probably if I had to guess I you know I'm I don't know maybe sub 10,000 um sub 15,000 somewhere in there the reason why I say that is because for me what do I want to get out of events a lot of times um it tends to be my chance to do a lot of social networking, a lot of meeting folks that I maybe either haven't met before or catching up with folks that you maybe only see at trade shows um, and really swapping a lot of stories and what's working for them and what's not working for them. And so I tend to be very people focused yeah. Yeah. at these events. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I typically am on the solutions floor. I'm, I'm making meetings with people like you can kind of go to that geek whisperer show and see how is what tends to be my approach to shows. Now I will say this though, the, the downside to it is I rarely go to sessions because you know, my theory has always been, well, the sessions are typically recorded and you know, if you're an attendee there, you get the replays, you can always go back and look at them. But I, this is where I will say, I'm, you know, my theory falls over because I'm completely guilty of saying, well, I'll just get the replays later. I don't know that I've ever actually gone back and yeah, done a yeah. replay of a session ever. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, is that saying I've missed out on all that content? Is that saying, uh, you know, I I didn't need to see that content anyway. Like, I don't know exactly. I'm just saying like my system has a hole in it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. I, I think, I think the takeaway from, from, from what we're both saying is, you know, what, if you're having an event um, and, and it gets to a point where it has to use like multiple venues, multiple facilities to, to pull it off. And, you know, that's going to, that's going to be kind of where AWS reinvent is these days. It's kind of Moscone because it's split up. Like, 
you start to lose a lot of the intimacy of it. You know, the, the ability to go like, I'm going to run into people in the hallway because they're in different buildings. Like that becomes a problem. Um, I do on the flip side, think that the video recording of sessions has gotten a lot better, right? It used to be, you know, only a few of the sessions would get recorded and they were kind of the, you know, not, not handheld video type of things, but, but they're bringing in professional crews and they get them published pretty quickly, right? Like it's usually like the next week they're literally all published out to YouTube. And so, uh, you know, I think my, my first recommendation would be, look, if you're, if you're, if your event is going to go beyond one, uh, one venue, you know, maybe think about like, I don't want to go beyond one venue. Like I'm not going to get a great experience for people. I'm going to kind of cut it off so that it, it stays within a venue, even if it's a big venue. Um, and then be really diligent about, about the video because, uh, you know, people are going to start to have to make that something that they're going to have to figure out how to consume after the fact. Um, and if it's in the next week or so, it's still top of mind for them to go, okay, I should still care about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing is how do you, cause there's, you know, a lot of time and effort goes into, uh, preparing for those sessions, delivering those sessions, and then recording of those sessions and public publishing of those sessions. You know, it's, it, it, it you know, you want to maximize, uh, the, the time involved of all of that. And you want to maximize the efficiency of it all. And, and for the, the, the audience there, both in person and anybody who's going to catch it later. Um, right. so I agree with you. I, I, I think that's probably been the biggest advancement in all of this in the last couple of years. Um, the, um, the other one that I would say is just the logistics of like the big sessions, right? Like the general sessions, um, as these events, get bigger, the logistics behind the general sessions gets even more complicated of how do you get, you know, all of those folks in a room or is it that room and then it's simulcast in a bunch of other rooms. And, you know, the, the general sessions to me, they used to be, um, I would always go to them. Yeah. Um, now it tends to be, I don't go to the general session room. I go to one of the other places or sometimes I, if I'm busy and I'm catching up, I'll stream it from the hotel room at the event, um, even sometimes. And so I would say there's, uh, while there's been an improvement in, um, individual sessions, I don't know that there has been an improvement in general sessions. Yeah. I, I definitely think that the, the general sessions are getting really long. I mean, people, you know, I, I know it's your one chance of the year to, to, to trot out your CEO and, and some customers and so forth, but they don't need to be two and a half hours. They don't need to be two hours. They, you know, like maybe an hour and a half is about as long as people are going to put up with, you know, customer stories and testimonials. And, but, you know, um, so that would be my, my one recommendation, keep them, keep them tighter, like 90 minutes tops. And then the other thing is, you know, don't, don't cram everybody into one room. There's no reason to have to put five, six, 8,000 people in there. All that does is it's terrible Wi-Fi coverage. It drains your battery life. It sets you up for a bad day because your phone's not charged. You know, you have all these other rooms that are available for the event and you stream the thing out live onto the internet, like set up some 500 seat rooms, set up some 250 seat rooms that people can go, you know, that are, you know, they're nearby, they're in the same area. Um, that people can just go like hang out and maybe like a group of people are going to go together, but you know, don't, don't cram 10,000, 12,000 people in because the logistics of getting back out the door are, is a nightmare. Um, don't, you know, don't do that. That's, that's, that's not a good experience for people. Yeah. 
Agreed. Let me, uh, let's talk a little bit about sessions themselves. Um, you know, we, we've both been through the process of, of like submitting talks for sessions, trying to get into sessions. What's your, what's your general take? Like are sessions getting better, um, in general? Are they, uh, you know, are, are people that present them, you know, are they, are they the right level of technical? Are people getting too enamored with putting like star Wars and cat memes up there? Like, I, I don't know. Are, are sessions, if, if you had, <laughs> if you had the ability to go yeah. to sessions, like, do you find that they still would be useful? Um, maybe. Uh, the reason why I say that is, okay, so the sessions I've I've personally done and helped out with this year um, have been my day job. So, you know, we, we had uh, both an internal big uh, conference um, as well as our uh, partner and customer conference uh, twice. So, you know, there's three big events in which I helped either organize the track or develop uh, content for them. Um, the biggest thing I would say that is kind of a trend with all of the uh, events right now and it, this almost kind of goes towards, you know, content in general. Um, I think folks want a shorter and tighter as just the general rule of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the sessions that are, you know, two hour technical sessions um, it's interesting. They, people say there's a demand for them, but as somebody who's been a track leader over one hour and two hour content sessions, they say they want those, but then folks don't show up for them because there tend to be too many conflicts because it's not just conflicting with one, it's conflicting with two, uh, potentially others. And so, you know, it's this vying for time aspect that we've been talking about is just a general theme. Um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, when it comes to the content, people are looking for uh, very specific things now. Um, you know, people want those live demos. People want less, um, less slides um, and definitely get to the meat quicker. Um, than I've seen in the past without a doubt. Now I will say this though, the flip side is there's been a couple tech ones I've gone to where it was just so in the weeds so quick, right? So there is definitely an over rotation that can happen there as well. What have been your, what's been your experience? Yeah, I, I think uh, a couple of things like this. This is one of those topics that like that you could go a million different ways. I think the hardest part about sessions is, um, you know, every every company or every organizer wants to try and get a lot in there. And, you know, we, we have this constant problem of, man, I, I want to go to this 1230 one, but there's another one at 1230 I want to go to. And there's one, like you said, at one o'clock and I won't get to it. And I, that's a that's kind of a packing problem that I don't know how you deal with. Um, you know, we used to do a thing when I worked for some of the vendors where we used to give a talk and and you would give it five, six, seven times. Like it would just sort of be always there. I think people have gotten away from that. And, you know, the, the rationale I've heard is, well, you know, if you're really just going to be like, give a product roadmap update or a product update or something, people get those all the time from their sales rep. Nobody wants to go to a conference and do that. I, I don't know that I totally agree with that. I think people go to these events, especially the vendor driven ones where, they want to know what's going on because maybe they're not in those meetings all the time. Maybe their sales rep doesn't get to them. Maybe they go through a channel partner and, you know, so I think if you could figure out some way to just sort of have a, you know, sort of a track, it could just be one room and it's, you know, be painful for the product manager or product management team that has to do it. But like you can go in there in there at any point in time, they're going to have 20 minutes of the roadmap and it's just running on a loop. And then, you know, maybe yeah. every 10 minutes they just do a, a set of Q and a or something like that. I think that would be a good thing for people to do. 
Um, the other big thing I've noticed. Well, let, let me let yeah. me add let me add to that real quickly as well. And this is a bit of a. I admit I'm going to apologize ahead of time. This is a bit of a rant, and I'm going to step on a soapbox for a second because this actually does hit a bit of a, a nerve with me. So again, um, you know, in the day job, I was in charge of um, a track, uh, actually two tracks, uh, for my day jobs. You know, vendor conferences this year for NetApp Insight. And what was interesting is, you know, the, a little bit of the sausage making for a second. You're you know, as a track lead, you're given a certain number of hours. Um, and I wanted to uh, approach it differently of, you know, instead of, uh, let's say you're given 10 hours to make the numbers easy or 10 sessions, right? Instead of 10 different presenters all presenting on 10 topics, and then maybe for the, the good ones, you present them twice, you know, that's 10 presenters you have to manage. That's 10 hours of content you have to create net new why not do five and present it twice? Why not do, you know, in basically smaller numbers of content creators present it more times because we were receiving a lot of feedback of like, just because of scheduling conflicts, there's too many things. And, and so I've actually been a fan of like, okay, what I would actually love to see at any trade show is Uh, you know, there's not for every single session, but certainly for the sessions, you know that there's going to be a certain amount of demand for repeat them two, three times. There's less content creation for the presenters. Um, There's less overhead for the logistics folks because you're doing the same things over and over. But that tends to be a trend no matter what company it is that no one really wants to do that. Everyone's afraid by that second, third, fourth time, no one's going to show up. Right, right, right. And and that's something so that's, you know, if I had to change one thing about events, um, you, you kind of hit a nerve there, I admit it, because I was that was a big pet peeve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the other the, the other the other the other topic I had and this will sort of hit both ends of the spectrum <clears throat> um, you know, more and more, I mean, there's, there's more and more events, but I, I think sometimes the, the organizers sort of forget that, you know, where, where, where your niche is, where your market segment is in the sort of adoption curve. And I, and I think we, we tend to skew sometimes way too advanced. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, I don't care if you listen to this podcast every week or you try and keep up with what's going on. Like, it's hard to sort of know all of it. I think we've almost abandoned completely, or it feels like in a lot of cases we've abandoned completely. Like, what are the basics of whatever thing you're trying to to pitch at your show? You're trying to teach me a technology. You're trying to learn. Like, I feel like we've over rotated away from the basics so much, um, or the basics get such a small chunk of time that that's got to kind of get readdressed. Especially, I mean, we hear it. Like, we, we've we heard from like the folks at A Cloud Guru told us they said, "Hey, the the biggest request we get is for the basic stuff for cloud computing." Like, you know, we feel like we're seven or eight years into cloud computing and they're still getting the biggest number of training requests they get are the most basic things. And so it's like as a, as an organizer, you know, don't ignore that you're going to have new people coming to your event. Don't get enamored with, oh, we, we, we doubled the population of people who just showed up. You know, we had a thing at, at, at KubeCon this last couple months ago or a month or so ago. And like three quarters of the people were like, I've never been to a KubeCon event before. I've never been to a container event before. Like know your audience and don't skew completely to the super advanced just because you're like, oh, it's, you know, we got to hear that person talk again. They give such great talks. Everybody loves their talks. Like give them one and let them, you know, kick ass with it. But, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, you know, to make sure that you're building a really good foundation of people that know your technology or love your community or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And a kind of a last topic here. Um, there's this idea of, 
independent events and and vendor events and we've been to a lot of both um and i think you get a completely different vibe and a completely different goal out of the event organizers and i wanted to really highlight and talk about that one for a little bit as well because obviously on the vendor events you know it is at the end of the day they're trying to either get partners or customers on board they're trying to get them excited and and willing to adopt a certain uh technology but but let's be honest they're also trying to generate sales for oh, their yeah. company look these events right? if these events especially the vendor driven ones are the biggest sales meeting they have of the year period and end of story like that's what they are don't don't kid yep. yourself if you think there's something else um and then and then community and all that other stuff sort of is a is a nice byproduct of them yep and the, but the independent events tend to be a, the exact opposite of that. Yes. This is doers. This is community. This is folks that really just I have a problem in my day job and I want to solve it. Right, right. Right. And that to me, actually, I, I love the skewing of the independent events and, and for for me being able to attend those kinds of events, because I tend to actually take more away from those. Now, you know, I let's be honest, I'm not necessarily a protect practitioner in my day job anymore, but it allows me to put on my solutions and architecture hat and go, okay, that's how they're solving those problems. Right. right. Um, and, and that is actually almost more directly relatable a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's, that's, and again, that, that sort of goes to the yin and yang of, of all the stuff that we've been talking about is, you know, the vendors ones tend to skew certain ways in terms of size, in terms of message and the independent ones, uh, don't, although some of the independent ones are, are getting much bigger, right? KubeCon is, is a great example of that. I mean, it's up to 5,000 people and, um, you know, it's a nice trade off to something like DockerCon, which is, you know, Docker specific. And Hey, let me, let me throw one last topic out here. And I know you and I have both had to live through this, but it's like you said, people love demos. Um, demos are becoming a bigger part of what people do and, um, less slides, which again, is always good. Like show us that stuff works. Uh, you got any, uh, you got any recommendations for people to give demos? Cause I know I got a whole soapbox full of them. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to jump into. I love how you said it's a whole soapbox full of them. Um, so for number one, um, <clears throat> always, always, always defer to the live demo first. Um, with the, but with the big caveat, big, big caveat, assume the conference Wi-Fi won't work and you'll have to have a video backup second. Um, so for me, that is the, the number one guidance I have for everyone doing these is be willing to do it live and be willing to muck up and make mistakes because it, it, it personalizes everything and it's a 10 times better demo, but be willing to at the first side of trouble drop to that video backup. Now, the other bit of advice I have is, oh my gosh, for the love of God, if at all possible, don't sit there and do a command line demo on a big screen. Like that just makes my skin crawl. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, people are typing commands that no one can see and you're talking through it and you're like, oh, look, it, it did something. And it's, oh, shoot me. Like that is not an effective use of demo time. <laughs> right, right. Watching people type commands and get, and get input back is just, ugh. anyway, that's my big thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, so, so here, so here's my couple of, a couple of tips and tricks and, and so forth. So especially if you're doing a demo that's part of a keynote, right? And I, I think you got to separate the ones that are in a keynote versus, oh, true. The, versus the ones that are in like your breakout session or something. Yep. But, but mine session, was breakout sessions, keynotes. Right. I completely agree. Different, and, I, and I, and I, and I very much agree with you. Like the, the CLI one is painful because typically what happens is, I mean, yes, they'll make the font bigger and, and so forth, but it's hard to read from the back. You always have typos. You, I mean, like constantly have typos and you have these long strings and like they're, they're painful as hell. So unless you are really, really good at those, I mean, really good, like, eh, like Aaron said, like try and avoid those as much as possible. Here's my, here's my suggestions for the ones that are in the keynote. Uh, number one, um, do not, do, do not be afraid to use a picture to give people some sense of what in the world you're going to try and demonstrate. Um, just going right to the CLI or even going right to the UI or something, people have no context of what you're trying to show them. So I know it's you know taboo to be like, oh, we're not doing slides and I'm not a slide monkey. And I, even if you use the most basic, ugly, ASCII art, give the people some sort of picture context of what in the world you're going to demonstrate for them, right? That's my first thing. Like give them a context of it. The second one is even if, so number two, number whatever, if you have five minutes, if you have seven minutes, if you have 10 minutes, whatever you have, keep in mind that you're presenting something that you want to represent what you do in a good way. Um, if the person that is the person on the keyboard it's hard enough to be the person on the keyboard, right? You're nervous and so forth. Don't be afraid to send somebody else out with them that is a good speaker, that understands the concepts and will walk people through it and is somewhat dynamic. Having to be the speaker and the demo person and to make typos and like, it's okay to be a two-man act or a two-woman act or a man and a woman act or whatever it is. Like, present the thing well. Don't feel like you have to be like, oh, that's the only person that does it. And if that person only has like, four or five lines, but those things are really crucial to help people. Please do that. Um, and then again, it goes along with Aaron's thing of like, please don't just sit up there and make typos for us. Um, but th those are my two big things. And then the third thing is, you know, have some context of why in the world anybody cares what your demo does. Like show us a demo. Cool. You made some technology work whip, you know, big deal. Like, why does that matter? Did that, is that going to save people a lot of time? Is it going to save them a lot of money? Is it, did you, did you reduce 10 steps from something else? Like put some context around it because typically I don't know where the demo is coming from and you just start doing it. And at the end you expect us all to sort of clap, give us some context of like why I should care. Right. And then my la here's my last one. And this is my last thing on my rant. If you decide to make a video of it and I highly recommend Aaron's thing of like, make a video of it because it, something will fail please do a voiceover of it. Please don't just show me you clicking on stuff in your video that you put on YouTube and then expect me to somehow know what it is. I'm sure it took you a lot of time to do it and I'm sure it was, it's really awesome. But if there's no voiceover to it or there's no like closed caption or something, I have no idea what you did. All I know is you clicked on stuff for five minutes. So those, that's my rant. Make your, yeah, make your demos You're talking awful. about a, a video demo posted like to YouTube, yeah, not yeah, presented yeah. in a After room. Because you can talk over it. Yeah, you can talk like, over it in the so, demo. But if you end right, up going, right. if you end up going like, oh, oh uh, you know, Aaron gave a great demo. It's on YouTube. And you're like, okay, cool. And it doesn't have any way of having the context around it. Useless, completely useless. <laughs> Fair enough. So, well, with that, I will get off my soapbox. Uh, please make keep so keep making I'm awesome. I'm going to end it demos. on a happy note. All right, what, do that. What was your favorite events this year? 
Um, so we got to, I mean, I got to go to a bunch of them. I, I probably did five events in New York city. I did probably five events in Austin. And, um, I, I love the serverless conf. I know we've talked about that before. Not, not, not even so much that it's serverless anymore. It's, it's, it's a community of doers, right? They, they stand up and they go, we're just doing stuff. And to, uh, to me, that's always cool. Um, I like KubeCon because it's, it's the kind of the community that I, I, I live and, and breathe and work in and stuff. Um, and I was miserable at AWS this year. Uh, no offense to Amazon, but like the logistics of it were just, they made it. I, I'll put it this way. I heard more people say, I don't know why I'm here because all I've done is sit in lines all day long. And and I hope they got that feedback and they'll figure out some cool new way to fix it. But that was kind of my yin and yang of ones that were great and ones that were like, well, why am I here? Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll say serverless conference. Uh, agree with you. Probably tied for my my top most interesting and took the most away from it event. Um, and it was just, I think a lot of it was because it was small, it was intimate. Um, it was a lot of doers. I mean, easily favorite event. Um, I would say a close second actually was the, the Google, um, cloud conference. Um, I, it was, you know, not super big. I was able to learn a lot and I probably hadn't known that much going into it. And, and so, um, you know, we've talked many times about, you know, the Google and uh, addressing their audience and our thoughts on, on that. But I will say the event itself, I took a lot out of. Um, yeah. And, and, I, Google, and Google did an awesome job this year of bringing their engineers, you know, out of out of the woodwork and, and making them really visible, which was cool. Yeah. Like we got it. I mean, you it wasn't just us because we were there kind of as media people like they were letting anybody and everybody talk to the person who, you know, made this cool thing and be like, look, here's time. Go talk to them. So they did a really good job of, of that. Yep. And that, but I would agree with you. Uh, so I didn't actually go to the AWS one. I missed it for the first time and, um, and, you know, had a bunch of family issues that wasn't able to make it out. And I feel like I dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really do feel like I dodged a bullet not going. And so for me, it was painful the year before. And I feel like, and it, that was only 20 or 30,000. And so I feel like they didn't learn from two years ago to one year ago, they just made it even bigger and more painful. And so I agree with you. Um, you know, I honestly don't know that I would go to AWS again next year. Yeah. I don't know. I have to think about that one. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think a lot of the stuff that, that we talked about that people could improve on are all areas that AWS could easily do. It's just a matter of, you know, do you really, do you really need to, to tell the world, Hey, your, your event grew again, or do you want to say, Hey, we, we put on the event that was the best for the people that we allowed in the door. And then we made it almost equally as good for anybody who didn't physically come, but was there virtually. Right. Like, and I think that may be the manifesto that you want to be thinking about going forward is great for the people that are there. doesn't have to be as big and then, you know, nearly as good, except some of the networking for the people that can't attend physically. Yeah. And then I'll close on this comment, though. The other one, too, is I attended VMworld for the first time in a couple of years, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, uh, a couple of years ago when I, 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 you know, wasn't in the VMware space as much, I it I didn't miss it. But I would say coming back to it, it was it was really well done this year. So I would say, you know, kudos to VMware and, and VMworld this year. I think it was a, uh, definitely put some life back in that event and it was a good event as well. Very cool. 
Well, listen, uh, we are uh, kind of up against our time limit. Why don't we uh, wrap it up? And uh, and folks, you know, as always, um, you know, use this show as, as a thing to give us feedback. If you have a great experience with an event that you think we should share with a broad number, I mean, we, we do get a chance to talk to a lot of people that run events. Um, you got feedback that you'd like us to share. You want to just give us feedback and tell us we're idiots that, you know, we, we should be doing something differently when we go to events. Let us know. We, we really want this to be something that maybe kickstarts a, a bunch of conversations for, you know, how to keep having better events. I, you know, we, we don't want to complain about them. We want them to be awesome because we're spending a lot of our time at them. Yep. Yep. All right. So on behalf of Brian and myself, thank you very much for listening this week and we will be back next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more podcasts, show notes, and everything social media. And visit acloud.guru for all your cloud training needs.